Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Water Glow Podcast with Ben and Indigo. So uh, today, I guess we're going to be talking about becoming, becoming who you truly are. Exactly. Not who the world told you to be. Right. Which sounds like a simple thing, but... It's really not. Yeah. <laughs> it's a lot to process. It's a lot to integrate. Whew. These energies lately have been wild. I have so much anxiety right now. It's ridiculous. Me too. I do not understand what's yeah. going on. It's okay. I know it's for some purpose. Oh, yeah. Everything serves a purpose, even if it's unpleasant. Exactly. I don't know. Um, I guess in, uh, in my experience, it seems like the more unpleasant something is, often the more useful it is in the long term. Like, you look back at, like, the roughest moments of your life and... It kind of pushed you to make Evolve. some changes. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. And I know for me, like, uh, a lot of the the most rough moments have been the ones because I wasn't making changes that I knew I needed to. Oh, yeah, definitely. The, that the universe starts with a whisper and works up to a scream. You do not want to reach the screaming level. Uh, like, yeah, it's not fun. No. Listen. <laughs> yes. Sometimes it's difficult to hear over the noise, though. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you, you, ha- you really have to be able to tune out what everybody's telling you to think about the signs and symbols and the messages and the, you know, the messages from the universe and, like, listen for yourself. Right. Or you might, you will likely misinterpret. Right. And I know for me, a lot of the problem is, like, I tend to rationalize things a lot. Oh, yeah. And, like, think about things a little bit too logically sometimes when they're supposed to be kind of freeform and metaphorical. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was really, really bad about, like, misinterpreting the metaphors and -hmm. and the symbols and the signs at first because you— you read them from the frequency with which you hold. So if you are really, really low, which is where I started, then it's the messages are going to come through very scary and dark and, you, you know, but they're not intended that way. And as my frequency rose, as I started to heal, everything started to come through much more vibrant and positive. And, you know, it makes more sense the more you heal. Right. Yeah, it does. And I mean, I, I can tell like in in me, like uh, when I start feeling kind of blah, um, I, I can tell that like when my when my vibration lowers, I guess is the way to say it is things make less sense. Like they make more the material world makes more logical sense, but the reasoning behind things make no sense at all. Right. Right. <laughs> yeah. It's it's like the lower your frequency goes or vibe vibration. There's there are two different words that are describing the same thing. Uh, the more like deep into the chaos you go, like right. the further away you go from the higher frequencies, the less you could see the bigger picture. So right, it right. makes less sense. Exactly. Yep. Anyway, anyway, um, I guess back to becoming, um. I guess what, what, one of the things for me, uh, uh, when I first started kind of exploring like um, spiritual evolution, I guess, like my personal growth, uh, I, I very quickly realized that a lot of um, the process of becoming who you truly are is um, kind of getting the programming out of the way. Yeah, like. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and like, I don't know, like, uh, there are a lot of things that I, I can tell that I am being driven towards, right? Right. By, by my higher self, I guess. Um, 
that my ego self is very displeased with. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then you get that resistance as mm -hmm. a response to that. Right, exactly. And the, the, the thing that blows my mind about the whole thing and the, and the part that's like super hilarious is that a lot of the things that I'm being driven towards get labeled ego by a lot of these like so-called guru type yeah people. the the spiritual programming yeah the, exactly. the boxed and packaged culture and you know i just want to address that real fast the thing is is that a healed or healing ego looks like a giant ego to somebody who does not understand the ego and that's something that I, I got a bitch slap with because I was like, oh, my God, their ego is so huge. <laughs> and then I had that moment where I realized that they were mirroring me back to me. And I was like, oh, shit, it's me. I have the big ego. I should work on that. <laughs> that's always super fun. Right. Anyway. <laughs> but yeah, a healed ego looks like a big ego to someone who is untrained with understanding the ego. Mm hmm. Especially if somebody has um, issues with in inferiority, mm -hmm. like feeling like they're inferior. Oh, it's yeah. like, how dare you make me feel inferior? And I'm like, nope, that's, uh, that's, that's all you. you. That's you. Yep. I'm just being me. If that makes you feel inferior, that's not my fault. That's right. you. <laughs> yep. I used to be that way, too. Like, mm -hmm. if somebody was confident, I was like, well, they obviously think they're better than me. And then I realized, no, just because their confidence makes you feel insecure does not mean that that is their fault. You should probably work on yourself and become more confident. Right, exactly. See, these things can be used as healing tools mm -hmm. anyway. Yeah, it, it just it reminds me like, uh, you know, I was homeschooled and I was raised reading a lot of like classic British literature. Like we, we would read Shakespeare just for fun. Um, of course you do. <laughs> but uh, of course, like, you know, reading all of that stuff, I, I, I had like a very big vocabulary, like a working vocabulary, not just like, I know what these words mean, but like we would use. You like, didn't realize that like everyday people don't use old English. Right. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and, and like, you know, I got out into like the real world, so to speak, uh, you know, work in retail and uh, just talking to people and people would be like why are you so pretentious i'm like what do you what do you i just talk like this but, <laughs> <laughs> this is just who i am like yeah. sorry that upsets you <laughs> yeah it's like oh okay you don't know what those words mean i didn't know that uh it's not my fault that you don't know what that word means you could just ask yeah yeah it, it was just weird like a lot of culture shock going from like totally isolated homeschool to the like, real world yeah, yeah yeah that was super surreal very interesting several years it's so funny because see i'm the opposite like i was public school i did sports mm -hmm. i did band like all the extras i was in uh air force junior rotc civil air patrol like all kinds of stuff where i got to socialize with so many people mm -hmm. so it's very different yeah yeah and the extent of my socialization was like talking to my grandparents and my siblings that was about it <laughs> that's wild yeah Ever, uh, from the time i was about five when when that church I was talking about fell apart mm. until I was 19, I think. Dang. Yeah. Nobody outside the immediate family. That's wild. Yeah. I mean, my uncle and aunt came over for like Christmas once a year and that was about it. Um, yeah. The, the whole thing with like becoming who you truly are and having people being like, how dare you? How dare you be authentic in a materialistic, you know, manufactured world? <laughs> right, right. I mean, I'm not saying that to talk shit about, like, the people that attack people because, like, they don't know better. Yeah, they don't know that they don't know. Yeah. If you were, if you have not yet had self-realization, then you think your current state is all there is. Mm -hmm. And so you're going to think that the people who have had self-realization 
are obviously crazy or weird or ego or, you know, whatever, because it's something unknown. It's different. Right. Right. Exactly. And I don't know. I, I guess I'm just bringing it up because, like, it's something I think more people should be aware of that, like, this is the thing that happens when yeah, you when you when you start to step into, like, who you truly are. You're going to run into some people that Don't do like not it. like that. Yeah. And it's your choice as to whether you give a shit. Yeah, that was a really difficult one for me to process for a while. Like mm-hmm. stepping into my power and my authenticity. A lot of people didn't like it. Uh, a lot of people wanted to tell me who I was. And you have to be able to just say, no, I know that I'm not those things. I'm not fake. I'm not a scam artist. I'm I'm not mm-hmm. any of these things that you're saying I am. I'm not. And you are not going to define me for me. I will play whatever character you need to create to feel better about yourself in your reality. But in mine, I am me. And you cannot take that from me. That's the one thing that mm-hmm. you could never take from me. Yep. Is who I truly am. And I know who I am. Right. Exactly. And it's just, it's it's really fascinating to me how often people don't realize that they're trying to control other people. Right. Like, I don't know, I, mean, I, I was, ra- you know, raised super hardcore, biblical literalist, um, fundamentalist Christian. Um, kind of like, it, it wasn't quite as bad as in that movie, The Witch, but it was pretty close. Like yeah. the whole, like, not literal self-flagellation, but metaphorical. <laughs> right, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was like, you know, the whole sinners in the hands of an angry God kind of thing. Man, that, you know, it's like a miracle that you even were able to come out of that. Most people don't. Mm-hmm. Most people, I mean, from my un- my experience has been that people who are really stuck in that religion programming, that dogma and all that, they don't make it out. Yeah, it's it's not unheard of, but it's it is generational. Kind of rare. Like it's something mm-hmm. that their parents went through, their parents' parents went through. Yep. So they don't know that there's another way mm-hmm. and that people who do not do it their way are not wrong. They're just different. Right. Yeah, it's it's really weird. Like, I don't know. It's it's like my parents didn't believe that Catholics were real Christians. What? Yeah, that's like the whole false light thing. Like, <laughs> yes. oh, I don't like them, and they say things I don't like, so they're false light, light, light. <laughs> and it's like even false light illuminates the darkness. Mm-hmm. Everything serves a purpose. Yep. Yep. I mean, I don't know. I don't. I don't entirely understand that whole false it's light a, thing. It's another anyway. program. It's just yeah. like saying you're racist because I don't like you. You're transphobic because you don't like me. You're. It's Satanic, a program response. Whatever. Yeah. yeah. Communist. Satanic. <laughs> uh, the list goes on. It's just instead of taking responsibility for the fact that I got offended mm-hmm. or you hurt my feelings, I have to make that your fault by calling you names, just yep. like in kindergarten. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I guess that's like, that's kind of a big step in becoming who you truly are is to like allow stop making others. excuses. Yeah. Like, and allow others to be who they are, mm-hmm. even if you don't like it. Yep. Yep. Just let people do what they want and you do what you want. That was a big one for me. Like when I had self-realization is like, uh, I was so stuck in that you must do this in order to be a good person. I was deep in the left. I did. I'm not going to say left. I hung out with the kind of people who would vote left. I actually didn't give a shit about politics at all until that, you know, the whole Trump thing. That was funny. Anyway. <laughs> um, so, you know, I, I was in the culture that uh, allows the media to define what makes them a good person. Mm-hmm. So I would try to control others. I would be like, 
well, you're not a good gay if you do that. Or you're obviously <laughs> racist if you do that. And, you know, trying to control other people. And it's like, no, just because somebody does this does not mean they're that. Labels are limitations. Like, just mm-hmm. let people be who they are, even if you don't like it. And that was, like, so liberating for me to to realize, like, they are the way that they are because that's who they need to be for where they are on their journey. And you need to honor that period. Mm-hmm. And I, I find myself checking myself like anytime, anytime somebody tries to come at me with some dumb shit, like you're not real or, <laughs> you know, you da, 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 da. and I'm like, okay, Indigo, you need to remember they created this story about you for where they are on their personal journey. You are reflecting them back to them. Let them believe whatever they need to believe. That's what they need. And I do that for myself too. And I have to constantly remind myself, you don't know who those people are. You don't know, you know, like sometimes people from my past will pop up in my head and I'm like, it's been years since you've spoken to those people. You have no idea where they are, how they've evolved, how they've grown. So stop making up stories in your head about how they all hate you. You have no way of knowing that. Mm -hmm. Why would they obsess over you? (laughs) Like, (laughs) let it go. Right, right. Yeah, I don't think I ever really went through the whole controlling thing. Um, I think probably because uh, in my early teens, I kind of went through like this sort of philosophical exploration of... um, what liberty and freedom means because i was uh raised hardcore conservative and as far as a lot of hardcore conservatives go uh especially back then i think it's a little bit different now but a a, a lot of times it was just kind of a buzzword it's kind of basically rnc program like uh, marketing like it was a marketing tool like you believe in freedom, so you have to buy this American flag and support the troops and yep. like you're not a good gay if you don't have this. Yeah. Yep. yep. And so I, I was just like, okay, so let let me just like think about this and read some stuff that other people have to say. Because you know, we we read the Constitution in school. Like being homeschooled, we actually, you know, learned stuff like that. Like we read the Constitution and the Declaration right. of Independence and all of this stuff, and I was like, "Whoa, this is nothing like what we have going on right now." Oh yeah, what the hell happened? <laughs> so, but anyway, I, I went on this like sort of exploration of what freedom actually means, because people would say it, and then you know not, try to not. control other people. Right. It's like. I believe in freedom. And if you don't do things my way, then fuck you. Right. Like you need to understand that freedom means freedom. Mm -hmm. It means that allow people to be who they are, even if you don't like it. Mm -hmm. Like my greatest example of that, like back when I went like a decade thinking that I was only going to be with women forever. I 100% believed that I was a lesbian. Mm -hmm. And I thought that other people were wrong because they hate me because I'm gay. Well, it turns out people don't actually hate you because you're gay. You're just told that. Mm-hmm. And you hating them because they hate you makes you exactly like them. They're free to hate you just as much as you're free to hate them. <laughs> exactly. So why don't we just instead choose to focus on what we love and mm-hmm. allow them to sit and stew in their hate and that's punishment enough for mm-hmm. you to be happy anyway. Yep, exactly. Like, freedom means freedom. If somebody wants to invest all their energy into what they hate, you got to let them. Yep, exactly. Just don't be don't be that person. Those people are miserable. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, if you want to be miserable, then go for it, I guess. But, yeah. Yeah, I never really... So, so anyway, I, I never really went through that trying to control other people thing, but I definitely had a problem with like, you know, I see somebody that has a differing opinion than mine and I would just sort of mentally be like, well, clearly he's an idiot. Okay. And just like not even pay attention to what they were saying because like they're obviously wrong because they don't agree with me. They're stupid. Yep. End of story. You just zone out. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 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 
or just like mentally roll my eyes and just be like, oh, this this asshole. Because listening to understand their views, that definitely wouldn't change anything, would it? <laughs> Trying to understand what you're afraid of. Mm hmm. That's, yep. That was a big thing with self-realization for me was realizing that I wasn't actually afraid of them. I mm -hmm. wasn't actually afraid of these things. I was nervous about something I knew nothing about. And as I learned to understand these things, I, I the fear faded away, the anxiety faded away, and I started getting more comfortable with, you know, the things I was taught to blindly fear. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I, I never really, you know, bought into a lot of the fear programming, you know? I, I don't know. Well, it's probably because, like, when I was a kid, I used to have, like, extremely vivid nightmares every night about all kinds of weird shit. Um, and I was terrified of the dark, and we didn't have a nightlight or anything. Uh, so I had to learn how to deal with fear very, very, very young. Um like I would have like vivid nightmares about getting eaten by zombies and I had no never even seen zombies before. Well, you know, it's like it's like the the shaman that taught us the practical shamanism class said she was like sometimes you have to work through you experience things in dream time so that you don't have to experience them in reality. So it sounds like you work through a lot of stuff really young. Uh yes. <laughs> yes. Uh there there's a reason like some of my earliest memories are like random strangers walking up to me and looking at me in the eye and being like, whoa, you are an old soul. Just like people I've never met before. Yeah, because you dealt with a lot. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And yeah, it was, it was See, just and I was interesting. like a bebopping kid. Like my biggest <laughs> fear was that there was a Tyrannosaurus Rex standing out my outside my door that it was going to eat me. That was my night terrors. <laughs> well, I can't say that didn't happen. <laughs> Or what, one Christmas, I, I decided to like sneak into the living room to see what, you know, my parents had put out because like they, they they were unusually honest about the non-existence of Santa Claus um, when I was a kid. <laughs> uh, so we didn't do really do the whole Santa thing, but we still like kind of did it anyway, yeah. even though we knew that it wasn't Santa. But but anyway, um. I was like maybe six, I think. And I like sneakily crawled out of my room and into the living room. And it was all dark. And uh, apparently my parents had gotten me and my older brother these giant inflatable dinosaurs. <laughs> <laughs> so I just like run back into the bedroom and I'm like, holy crap, there's a dinosaur in the living room. <laughs> so you actually experienced my nightmare. That's yes. amazing. Yes. Almost like you sent it to me. <laughs> That's funny. That is hilarious. But yeah, yeah. I was, I, I had like major nightmares when I was a kid, and I don't know, just dealing with that from such an early age. I'm just like, people are like, "Hey, you should be afraid of this," and I'm like, "Nah, eh, That's that's nothing. Don't think I will. Yeah. <laughs> and plus, I'm like, I don't know. Uh, I've never, I've never even had a fear of death. Just pain. For some reason like yeah that makes sense yeah death is inevitable so yeah and not even really real anyway right yeah that's true that's always, a whole other podcast yeah i mean i've always had that awareness like even as a kid it was just like i don't know i, I remember when i learned that my parents were afraid of death i was very confused because if heaven is something to strive to get into, why would you be afraid to die? Right, exactly. That That's why I was so confused about it. I was just like, I, it took me like a week to process, I think. Right, that like, they didn't actually believe what they said. Yeah, yeah. yeah. See, that's, weird. that's the thing, just side note. That's one of the ways you can tell when somebody doesn't actually believe what they're saying. Like if, if they truly believe that heaven is this beautiful incredible place that they are going to go when they die then why are they afraid to die mm -hmm. yep if they believe that god is in control and that everything happens exactly as it's meant to then why be afraid of that right exactly so it's that's like, just something to think about yeah 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 definitely that's yeah it's, it's always interesting to see who lives by their 
the beliefs that they present. Right. And who does not. Yeah, I know before I had, before I started to awaken, like, I had a lot of beliefs that I didn't even realize I didn't believe. Like, mm-hmm. so I think that might be part of it. Before you have awareness, before you wake up and realize that you aren't who the world told you to be, uh, you don't really realize that you're talking about shit you know nothing about because mm-hmm. that you don't actually believe because somebody told you to believe it. You believed a secondhand story instead of your personal experience. So you are actually placing your belief in somebody else's experience, mm-hmm. not actually the experience. And then you awaken and you're like, oh, whoa, I don't actually believe the stuff that I've said I believe. I should probably figure that out and figure out what I do believe and step into who I truly am. Right. Yep. And- it's like prior is these boxed and packaged archetypes that we just choose. That's who I'm going to be. Mm-hmm. And then you awaken and you're like, whoa, that's not it. (laughs) Yeah. I I, I never really had that either. Like the the whole archetype thing. Yeah. It was always weird. You were homeschooled. Yeah. You know, I was out in the depths of culture. Yeah. Well, well, I mean, I don't think homeschooling had a lot to do. I mean, it was probably a a contributing factor, but like my, my older brother was only two years older than me and we were basically raised the same way. Like we shared a room and everything. We were always together. Um, and he turned out very different. Right. That's true. It's the way your mind processed the information. Right. Right. Which uh, could go into like karmic past lives stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you've basically, you've been awake, aware at, at least more than most people your entire life. Pretty much. That's wild. Holy yeah. cow. That yeah. is wild to think about. Like, yeah, like going through all of this stuff as a kid it was uh, it was a little weird i i don't know i feel like i would much rather go through it as a child who doesn't know to be afraid of it than as an adult <laughs> oh a lot of this stuff was very scary oh yeah okay <laughs> not gonna right. lie well <laughs> I mean, at the time but i mean you know i was a kid like you know when you're a kid like dinosaurs are scary right and right. as an adult true. you're just like well you know they're not around anymore. Whatever. Right. You know? Yep. And yeah. I mean, it's it's just different paths, I guess. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. And a lot of my, like, understanding of things is, uh, you know, it, as a kid, I've had a few things that just, like, I, I know just kind of automatically, like, kind of just this understanding and awareness of certain things ever since I was a kid. But uh, a lot of the stuff is just like sort of a sort of a philosophical understanding. Right. Which, you know, is basically like just a belief, not personal experience, just this sort of this makes sense kind of thing. Right. Yeah. It's the knowing like it resonates and you understood that as a child. Right. Right. See, I was I believed everything everybody said ever. I was like, why would anybody lie? (laughs) Well, my my sister was kind of possibly borderline sociopath. Right. So I was introduced to uh, lying, nefarious stuff. Very manipulation. Yes. Yeah. She would like play political games. As a child, that's as a wild. child with with my siblings and I. Like she would get pissed off at me for something. Like I would look at her wrong or some some shit, right. and she'd get pissed off at me and like go convince all of the other siblings to not talk to me for like a week. That sounds familiar. Yeah, I dealt with that in friend groups. Like, oh, don't talk to her. She did da 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 da, or she said da 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 da. Yeah, yeah political yeah. games mm-hmm. exactly like that. Yep. Yep. It's just weird. But yeah, yeah I mean, it's, it's, gossip girls. Yeah, pretty XOXO. much. XOXO. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> Basically, yeah. But I don't know. I think, like, uh, I kind of realized that my parents didn't know everything from a fairly early age. See, um, I thought my parents knew everything. Mm-hmm. I thought they were, like, the word is law. Yeah. But I was always like, I always had a very deep scientific curiosity about everything, even, even as a little kid. And remember, I think I was like maybe six, 
somewhere around there. I asked my dad why the sky was blue. <laughs> and he was like, because it's not green with purple dots. And I was like, that's stupid. You could just say you don't know. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. 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 And that is something I wish more people would do. Like, you yes. know, I had this job at an adult store for a while and I I actually learned a very, very, very valuable life lesson from that job. They were very passionate about never answering questions you don't know the answer to. Mm. They were like, never, ever like make something up. You need to be like, you know what? I don't know. Let's look that up together. And I have carried that with me since then. It's such an important thing in all areas of life. Like mm-hmm. if you don't know, it's okay to say, I don't know. And if right. don't make shit up, just say, I don't know. I don't actually know. I don't have evidence to support that. Right. Right. I mean, my, my mom was definitely better about that than my dad was. Uh, my dad was like very uh, like old school mountain country boy. So I, <laughs> yeah. uh, very kind of gruff, I guess. Yeah. Um, but I don't know. My my mom, like, you know, we were homeschooled and she was a, a high school dropout. She had to get like her GED to, to, uh, in North Carolina, you have to have like a GED or a high school diploma to do a homeschool. It was a little weird. But anyway, um, she would she would just like be like, well, we should look this up. Like if I had a, if I had a question about something, she'd be like, just to look it up, right? Which I guess is part of why I'm so good at re- like doing like you're random always, research. And yeah, stuff you're all always research. I yeah. don't know what this means. Let me do like 15 hours of research so I can become <laughs> an expert on the topic. Basically, uh, but the one thing that always drove me crazy was like I, I was very dyslexic as a kid. But my parents didn't believe in dyslexia. They thought it was just laziness. Um, right. So I'd be like, I how do you spell this word? And my dad would be like, look it up in the dictionary. And I'm like, that requires knowing how to spell it. Right. Right. <laughs> I, I had a similar issue. Yeah. It's it's wild. Yeah. It's like, okay, let me just read the whole dictionary and I'll get back to you. Right. Yeah. But actually, uh, I learned much later that my dad was also severely dyslexic. And uh, so he couldn't spell so he it. Couldn't spell it. He didn't of... know how to spell it, and he didn't want to admit that. So he just—he was just like, "Well, just look it up in the dictionary." That's wild. Yeah, yeah. That's—I—I I don't know if I was dyslexic, but I know that like I was in like middle school, I think it was, and a teacher read a note that I wrote out loud to the class and made fun of me for misspelling a bunch of words. Ugh. And ever since then, I was never able to retain like spelling and I had issues with that afterwards. It's like the teacher gave me dyslexia. No, <laughs> but it's weird. Like how trauma can make you do that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Block things out and forget important things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I can't remember if I how like how long I had actually, it was, it was basically from early childhood because I, I, I would constantly get like lowercase B's and D's mixed up. Like oh, all yeah, the time. Yeah. Even up until like way later than most kids do. I remember yeah. it. It was kind of useful though, because like reading in a mirror or upside down, yeah, is which totally easy. Yeah, it doesn't look that different to me at all. That's wild, and and you know that's another thing like who you're told to be and who you truly are. We were trained to believe and conditioned to believe that if you have dyslexia, you have a learning disability, which means you're stupid. Well, mm-hmm. you are clearly not stupid. So like, you know, just because society has chosen to call a certain group of people something does not mean that they actually are. Right. Like, Definitely. <laughs> we were talking about earlier, like you're a, a grown white cis male. So you're obviously a Nazi, even though you're married to a Jew. <laughs> right. Exactly. <laughs> like, so weird. It, the program, it's the programming. Like. Mm-hmm. I don't like what this person is saying, so they're obviously wrong because they're a Nazi. Yep. yep. Where did you hear to say that? Mm-hmm. Oh, that's right. The media. <laughs> yep. The media, yep. your master, tells you mm-hmm. how to interact with people. Rather than understand, let me attack them. Yep. Yeah, it's, it's funny you said that. Like uh, One of my first experiences being like out in the real world, I guess, uh, 
you know, work in retail, uh, somebody like around my age, um, like I was just trying to have like a casual conversation, um, on top of my severe social anxiety problems. Um, and, and she's just like, okay, which one are you? And I'm like, what, what the hell are you talking about? And she was like, well, are you like the funny one or the, the, the jock or the nerd or right. what? Like, like you have to commit yourself to one of these labels. Yeah. I'm like, I'm, I'm not in a sitcom. I'm just me. Right. Yeah. And People like, don't she realize wrap that, her head like, around it. Yeah. That TV is not real life. Even reality TV is scripted. Like, yeah. You don't have to be the funny one or the mm-hmm. gay one or the political one or the social justice. You don't have to fit into a box. You can do all of those things and just be like, I'm just me. Yeah. Like, I'm not any of the labels that you're trying to put on me. Mm-hmm. But I understand why you feel the need to compartmentalize like that. But I don't agree to that. Sure. I just want to be me and I don't want to be limited to the label that you want to put on me. Exactly. Yep. I mean, and that's what somebody... happens when you wake up. You realize, yeah. like, you don't have to sit inside the box. You, mm-hmm. There is no box. You, there was never a box there to begin with. Right. <laughs> they told you there's a box. So you're in your mind, you're like, oh, there's obviously a box. I'm going to sit in this box just like they told me to do. Yeah. And then you're like, wait a second. Mm-hmm. I don't want to sit in this stupid box. I want to go do stuff. <laughs> So you go do stuff and you tell everybody else to fuck off if they don't want you to do this stuff. Exactly. Exactly. And that's standing in your power. Mm-hmm. Yep. You don't have to be who they told you to be. Right. And you don't have to agree to the labels either. Like, right. You don't have to, like, I don't know. For, for me, I, I never agreed to the labels anyway, just because I was like, I don't know. I've always had a problem with, like, suppressing the fire side of my, of the, my Aries sun sign. Uh, just, I don't know, probably because my older brother was very much an Aries and very much an asshole. <laughs> and I didn't want to be like that. Right. Um, but, uh, like when people do things that rub me the wrong way, the fireside kind of comes out a little bit, mostly internally. And, um, you know, I, I just like, burning bridges i guess yeah (laughs) mentally yeah yeah it's just like oh okay well fuck you bye Uh, sometimes you gotta burn the bridge to make sure you don't go back over it mm, so so whatever people would like try to like force labels on me i would just be like oh no fuck you thanks bye and (laughs) and i don't know now that i'm like a little bit more solid in myself i don't care like people can call me whatever they want to I don't give a shit anymore. Once you have that revelation that you're reflecting people back to them, you understand that when somebody comes at you and they're like, you're obviously evil. What was it they said? Uh, evil, succubus, Illuminati, oh. sex demon. I was like, whoa, <laughs> you have some serious issues you need to heal because yes. they see themselves in you and they don't realize mm-hmm. that they are seeing who they are in you because they're not self-aware yet. So when somebody calls you all these things, they're actually telling you all about themselves, not you. Right. So it's a superpower in a way to know who to be near and who to distance yourself from. And you can help those people come into self-realization if they're willing to look at themselves. But if they're not and they demand that you be an Illuminati sex demon, then you distance yourself from them. <laughs> right, right. It's like, okay, you, you can make up that story. Yeah, can, it's a good go story. Yeah. Like, the creativity is um, incredible. It's not true, but, you know, it's a good story. You should right. write that down. Yeah, yeah. Go publish and make a few bucks. Yeah. Why not? <laughs> Seriously, you should. <laughs> but, you know, uh, I think, like, with the whole labels and boxes thing, the the big turning point for me that it it really messed me up. I had to like really isolate myself to work through this was when uh, Trump was running mm-hmm. and I started meeting gay and trans Trump supporters. And I was like, wait, you're not supposed to like Trump. <laughs> what the hell? He's a bigot. He's a racist. And they were like, no, he's actually not here. Let me show you the evidence that proves that he's not. And I was like, oh, my God, they lied. 
Mm-hmm. They lied. And oh, my God, the media can lie to us and we wouldn't know anything different. It messed me up so bad for so long because mm-hmm. if they lied about that, what else have they lied about? Yeah. And but it it really messed me up for a while. And it took me a while to process that and to like mentally talk myself off a cliff because, you know, that was reality shattering for me. And, you know, it was those people that helped me realize like they had been through it and and had that revelation and had kind of a little existential crisis as a result of it. Mm-hmm. And they're like, yeah, it's it was really shocking for me, too. So, you yep. know, there's it realizing that you don't have to sit in the box is just like terrifying because you don't know what's outside the box but also so liberating because all the stress of like fitting into those labels and Mm -hmm. making sure that you're a good gay or a good, you know, Christian or a a good, you know, good leftist, good rightist, good, whatever, Mm -hmm. you know, ticking all the boxes and the boxes are are constantly being added and changed. Like, did you know you can't have honey and call yourself a vegan anymore? Apparently (laughs) like that's a thing. Like it's, it's just going to continue evolving like that until nobody's a lot. It's an elitist mentality. Only like a tiny percentage of the people who once just didn't eat meat and dairy. It'll be like one out of like a hundred can't get to call themselves a vegan because Mm -hmm. of the evolving rules. It's like, just say, fuck the rules and do what you want. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Don't give up, honey. It's delicious. (laughs) What the hell? Yeah. I think like just based on my experience from like hardcore uh, fundamentalist Christianity, um, it, it seems to me that a lot of this is kind of a one of those like manifestations of a, a, a kind of a fractal pattern. Oh yeah, and of like using something as a substitute for your inner compass. Yep. And only you, you know what that is. Yeah. And it's like, a lot of people use like external, um, kind of, uh, rule, rule sets Mm -hmm. to, to dictate to them what is right and wrong. And I think that a lot of times what happens is that people can feel that that is not right in alignment right with divine right yeah right right it's, it's it's not in alignment with their own inner guidance so there's this uh sort of disharmony between what they think they are supposed to do versus what they are actually supposed to do what they know what they they're know supposed they're to supposed do. to you, do you you can feel it inside mm-hmm. you know that what you're doing is not right even though the majority of people are saying that it is you can feel mm-hmm. it and it feels horrible to know that you're doing the wrong thing yep, and doing it just so you could fit in. But there are like a kajillion studies on that where people will go against their own integrity and morality to fit in. Mm-hmm. Yep. I'm glad we didn't do that. We uh, ended up same. completely alone by doing that, but mm-hmm. it, we feel gr- great as a result. Mostly. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. But I think, I think what happens a lot of times is that like people feel that disharmony and you know, like, like you have like this very legalistic, outlook and mentality on what morality is right it's like well what is morality it's this set of rules and you have to follow these rules in order to be moral and upright and then people start kind of running into either like internal conflict over the disharmony between the what they're told versus what they feel right and And, it causes inner turmoil yeah it causes a lot of inner turmoil um and this sort of like feeling of worthlessness, like yeah, I, I think am that that's I, why. Am I am I bad? Right? Am I evil? Am I the bad one? Because yeah. I feel like what they're saying is right is actually wrong. Yeah. No, you're not. Right. Exactly. It takes bravery to stand up and say no. What you're doing is wrong. Mm-hmm. It's wrong, and I know it's wrong, and I'm not going to participate in it. Right. And and I think what happens with a, a lot of times is like people feel that, and then they're like. Well, uh, obviously we need to just add some more rules and then it'll be fine. Right. And then the rules just keep piling up. I mean, look, mm-hmm. yeah, it's just ridiculous. Look how many laws we have now. Yeah. It should, 
it started with the constitution, the bill of rights, you know, yeah. like, and now it's like impossible for one person to read it all. Yeah. Ever. It's, it's, it's just ridiculous. It's yeah. ridiculous. People know right from wrong. They don't yeah. need, they don't need you to tell them mm-hmm. like, yep. We don't need more laws. We don't need more rules. We need people to trust themselves that they will know what to do in the face of conflict or in the face of, of something bad and that they know that they won't be the one to do bad Mm -hmm. or, or whatever. And, you know, like, I don't know. It's just, there's also, you know, uh, nothing's without purpose and everything is always exactly as it's meant to be, which is so cliche and irritating, but it's true. (laughs) Like you have to understand that it could not exist if the creator, God, source, Allah, whatever you want to call it, great spirit, it could not exist if it was not created by the creator. Mm-hmm. So that includes the things you don't like, yep. you know, and the things you don't like, they might not like you. Mm-hmm. And you just got to be okay with that. As okay as you want them to be okay with you not liking them, you know? Right. It couldn't exist without creator's permission. Therefore, it is your responsibility to step away from the things you don't like, step towards and into the things that you do like or love, invest your energy wisely. Mm -hmm. You know, everything is serving a purpose, even if you don't understand it. And to think that you should be the one to understand God's reason (laughs) Mm -hmm. for creating something that you don't agree with. Maybe it was created so you could figure out a way to be okay with something in the existing in the world that you don't like. Maybe yes. that's its sole purpose. Yep. Yep. And that's and just something to think about. Yes. I, I was going to say, like, you know, you, you were saying, like, you know, either either step away, you know, or, you know, you, you know, step away, leave it alone, all that stuff. And I was like, I was thinking, like, I was... Uh, in, in my early teens, I was uh, kind of borderline obsessive compulsive. Mm-hmm. Like I, I always had to have everything like super neat and symmetrical. I it was, it was a little, a very obsessive, obsessively. Like I, I would organize my dollar bills by not only denomination but by serial number <laughs> in my billfold, and it was ah, oh, it was it was kind of bad. Um, but I learned to appreciate asymmetry. It it took a lot of work to get there. Right. You worked with what you got. Yeah, exactly. And part of it was because I realized that things always being symmetrical was just really boring and ugly. Right. Um, Yeah. I was like, okay, let me, let me, let me figure out a way to make this okay in my head. Right. Right. And that's what it's all about Mm -hmm. is like you can't change. There are certain when you realize that you can't control everything else, you realize that you can control how you respond and react to the things that you cannot control. Yep. And so you made the best of a situation that was not that great for you. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It was a little annoying. Yeah. Yeah. And that's that's something that uh, I think a lot of uh, trips a lot of people up is that you um, stepping stones can be very helpful even if they're not your final destination. Right. You know? Yep. Um uh like some something something kind of it, it seems a little off topic, but it's related. Uh when when I was uh younger, um you know, we were isolated. We were culturally isolated too for a very long time. Like my mom was very much one of those like everything is satanic yeah. thing. Like all <laughs> pop culture is Satan yep. you know, kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just weird that that's getting such a resurgence these days. Yeah. It's, it's the satanic very, panic thing is something. Yeah. It's gone mainstream. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, uh, ooh, anyway, everything I don't like is Satan. <laughs> yes. Yes. And everything that is in the public eye is obviously the work of the devil. But, <laughs> It was it was a little weird, but eventually my mom kind of had this like sort of sinking realization that at some point we were going to have to enter the world and right. having no cultural context whatsoever <laughs> was probably not the best idea for interacting with other humans. Right. So we started like 
you know, watching more movies and listening to more music and stuff. Um, but like, I never really watched horror movies, right? Because my mom was like super squeamish and like very easily scared. Right. So we never watched any horror movies. And my first girlfriend, who was not a pleasant person at all, um, forced me to watch like stuff like Saw. Oh, God. Yeah. And you don't like that whole gooey gooey stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And like, you know, a lot of like jump scare and gory stuff. And that like kind of messed me up for a little while. Like, because I, you, had, you had no frame of reference for it. Yeah. yeah. I like, mean, why would people watch this for fun? <laughs> right. Right. And I was just like, I do not like this at all. And it was like, I wasn't scared, scared, but I had like that extreme panic attack feeling the entire time. Oh, yeah. No. Like I could feel my my heart beating out of my chest the entire time in the theater. Right. And like I could barely breathe and stuff. It was really bad. Um, and that was, you think that was the result of not being exposed to it at all as a child or just, it's, that's just inner, the psychology behind it is interesting to me though. Is it, that seems like a normal human reaction to seeing somebody being brutally mutilated. Yeah. I mean, uh, uh, part, part of it is because like, you know, I've always had like this really, really, really bad, like, kind of a phobia of blood, I right. guess. Like, just my own, no problem, whatever. I can patch that up. Right. <laughs> it doesn't matter. <laughs> but, like, seeing anybody else bleed was just, like, uh... Yeah, get, like, yeah you didn't like, look too great at the birth of our first child. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That kind of, like, cured that problem, though. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's why I say the first. The second, you were like, yeah, I'm a pro! <laughs> yes, yes. The first one, you looked like you were about to faint. <laughs> yeah, I, I was. Um... <laughs> But but yeah, the the whole thing with the horror movies, like I, I I had like this like I could tell that it was like a physiological fear response. Yeah, it was. It, I mean, obviously, it was like partially psychological, but I wasn't like afraid afraid. Like I'm not afraid of ghosts. I've seen them before. I don't give a shit. Right. It was confusing to me that my sister was terrified of the ghost that we saw. I was like, what? Why is that scary? Right. Um. We're just ghosts piloting a meat robot. Right. Um, it's <laughs> see, see, but not everybody. See, that's one of those things. Not everybody understands what that means. Yeah. But you did at a young age. Mm-hmm. So, you know. Yep. But but anyway, it was it was just it was, just, it was a very weird, like physical reaction to like watching these horror movies. And I I had this sort of like weird sort of understanding realization that I could get over that if I could start to feel the fear response come up and turn it sort of oh yeah transfigure it into anger because that I know how to deal with right because I had like severe anger management problems as a kid and I had to get over that pretty quick at a young age and I never really had to deal with like this level of like in your face anxiety shit right you know yeah I mean I had a lot of nightmares as a kid but like you know I learned how to wake up you know? Right. Yeah. You you learn how to deal with it. Yeah. Yeah. And that that girl that I was dating was like very emotionally abusive and would not allow me to leave the theater during the movie, even though I was clearly having a very, very, very bad time. Yeah. But like I was just like, OK, I need to figure this out. So I just like I was like, OK, I know how to deal with anger. I am just going to make myself extremely angry whenever I start to feel that fear response. And. It was like, I don't know, just like a couple of times. And after that, I actually started to kind of enjoy horror movies. That's wild, yeah. You Not were, the gory stuff. I, I freaking hate the gory stuff. Yeah. But like, no, you told me how you like reprogrammed your mind mm-hmm. to uh, think of creepy as like interesting or, or pleasurable. Oh, well, I mean, I've always had that actually. Oh. Like the... It, like this like the sort of like creepy surreal vibe like oh yeah yeah, yeah. david lynch type stuff okay that's, yeah, that's that different. stuff has not, always not given gore. me like okay. this weird like pleasant tingling sensation yeah like asmr yeah exactly yeah. exactly yeah well that stuff's different mm-hmm. than gore. that's yeah that's yeah. like how i rewired my brain too to i somehow accidentally 
for the most part, rewired my brain to change anxiety into arousal, which is really (laughs) weird sometimes, but it's so much easier to deal with. Now, yeah. here lately, these levels of anxiety are an uh, entirely new brand, but yeah, you can do that. It, it, but with repetition and correcting patterns, you can rewire your brain to take unpleasant emotions and transmute them into something you can deal with mm-hmm. yeah. so that you don't have those physical, uh, you know, it creates disease within the body, like those mm-hmm. physical re- responses to dense energies and negative emotions you can rewire your brain so that you can deal with it and in real time instead of carry it in your body is what i'm trying to say yeah yeah exactly and it's it's just it's interesting to me that like when i first started i mentioned that something about that on the the whole thing about you know transforming an emotion into something that you can handle i i gave that example on on twitter this is like like a year and a half, two years ago, I think. Right. And a bunch of like the um, love and light only type people were like, no, you can't do that. That's a terrible idea because anger is evil. Right. And all of this Which stuff. Which is that the I'm worst like... thing you can do for <laughs> your growth, for evolution, for healing. The mm-hmm. worst thing you could do is repress emotions. Yes. Transmuting them. That's like, mastery that's the Mm -hmm. path of mastery being able to transmute in real time repressing no yeah see i still feel anger i still get angry Mm -hmm. i still feel anxiety i still feel these things i just address it as it comes up instead of trying to push it down right like yep yep because pushing that down causes all kinds of problems yeah a lot i am familiar with (laughs) (laughs) yeah So it's like, it's not about not allowing yourself to feel these emotions. Mm -hmm. Like you're not, not spiritual because you get angry. Like denying that a human being can get angry is more not spiritual than, than somebody being angry. (laughs) These fucking labels, I hate them so much. Yes. yes. Language really limits the ability to get these concepts across, but Mm -hmm. like, a person who represses their anger and if you have that person standing right next to somebody who can transmute their anger, the the one that is repressing is going to be miserable and tense and a big ball of anxiety and fear and probably not fun to be around. Whereas mm-hmm. the one who can transmute is probably going to be at peace, even in angry moments. Like yeah. I got angry yesterday and mm-hmm. You know, because I want my I miss interacting with my Twitter friends mm-hmm. and I got a little angry about it. I'm like, what do these people want from me? Like, if you don't like my shit, stay away from my page. It's not that oh. difficult. Yeah. And I got a little angry and I was like, you know what? No, this is happening for a reason. Like, it may not make sense to you now, but it will later. And I and I let it go. Mm-hmm. It's not repressed. I just allowed myself to feel it. I justified to myself, you are allowed to feel this. You, you, something that you enjoy was taken from you. Obviously that sucks. And then I let it go. Yep. That's how I deal with anger. Mm -hmm. Back in the day, I would have punched a hole in the wall. (laughs) Right. Yeah. uh, My bedroom when I was a kid had a couple holes in it. Right. Yeah. But, but like, I, I think. I'm I'm not going to be like the this is the only way type because I know that like the whole sort of modern Buddhist type stuff I, I don't know if it's even Buddhist it's it's just like the um, transcendence thing a lot of people are like you have to just not engage with your emotions uh, you know it's that's an option I don't like it at all it's not really it's not, it's uh, not fun it's not something that can work in modern society. Like yeah. these, these concepts need to be updated for like <laughs> modern times. Yeah. I mean, you, you can, we're, we can't, we're not going to recluse to the side of a mountain and live in isolation <laughs> for the rest of our life. So we should probably adapt a new way. Yes. That walks through modern reality. Mm-hmm. Yep. I mean, some people could do it, but I just, I don't like it. Right. I, yeah. I, I, I spent some time there. And I was very, very clearly instructed by my higher self that I was not supposed to stay there. It's like, no, you, you're supposed to be doing things, not just... Sitting and being. Yeah. yeah. 
Yeah. Because, I mean, yes, we understand that everything is always perfect. Everything is exactly as it's meant to be, blah, 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 blah. Mm -hmm. But that also includes our desire to change things. And now that we have the understanding of how to sculpt reality, how to affect the reality that we want or how Mm -hmm. to create the reality that we want, why the fuck would we not do that? Yeah. Like, you want to do it? Figure it out yourself. Mm -hmm. You know? Like. Yeah. I mean, go for it. Exactly. Like we figured this out. Anybody can. Yeah. So yeah, like my, the message I got was similar to yours. Obviously it would be since we're married, Mm -hmm. but um, (laughs) it was to create a new way where you can have that Zen mentality, but still function in society and culture Mm -hmm. and like participate in, in 3d doings and happenings and you know, yeah. And to, like, actually engage with the physical world. Right. Like, once you experience that space of oneness, <laughs> once you go to the spirit realm, you're going to realize why we incarnated here. Yeah. Because it's kind of boring. Yes. Not going to lie. Yes. It's interesting. It's terrifying. It'll take you on the ride of your life. And then you're like, well, for shit, this is boring. I want to go back to 3D. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's... It's really interesting, like, you know, existing outside of time, uh, everything without time, there is no change. Right. You know, and without change, it's just kind of boring. Yeah. I mean, we were there for like, like it was like a, it's I, I like to say I like to vacation to singularity. Like it's a nice mm-hmm. little spot. I don't like staying there because it's creepy one. Like and it's it's like, OK, I know everything there is to know. And mm-hmm. everything is perfect. Okay, I'm bored. Let's go back to duality for a minute. Yeah. And see if we can find some friends that would like to play in the higher frequencies. Yeah. And I think like there's, you know, sort of stages between. There's a lot of there's a lot of like distance between pure duality and pure singularity. Right. And you know, you can find where you're comfortable. Right. Where, yeah. where you where you want to be. And... I prefer the lower end of 40. Like <laughs> it's starting to get higher though. The more I interact with the not so pleasant uh areas of duality, the more I'm like, you know, yeah. Maybe that mountain isn't so bad. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I've noticed that happens a lot where it's like you're like, no, nah, I don't, I don't, I don't want to go that far. And then it's, uh, it's like the, the, the lower energies become increasingly more uncomfortable until you're like, okay, fine. I yourself, back. I will do what it is that I'm supposed to be doing. Right. Yeah. It's, it is extremely uncomfortable to go that low. And it's like, that's a whole other episode, the connecting <laughs> to people to help them. Like, yeah. Uh, when there's certain times where we're connected to members of like a soul family we'll expand on that more in another episode but you can feel what they're feeling and it's so uncomfortable sometimes but it's necessary because like people don't understand that this is a thing that can happen and until they have self-realization until they learn to control their emotion and their minds and and understand that we're all sharing these energy fields they don't know how to do that. So like you, you're, it's like you're a trainer for someone else, if you will. And you're like helping them do that. Mm -hmm. And it's super uncomfortable because it's like, I've done the work. (laughs) I, this sucks. Yeah. But the, but it's beneficial for the whole, like Mm -hmm. everybody, everybody wins. Yeah. It kind of makes me wonder if like some of the times that we've been going through something rough and then all of a sudden it just gets easier for no reason it if, just if dissipates it was, out of nowhere it's wild yeah it makes me wonder if somebody else was doing the same thing right yeah oh us. i know that's the case yeah. i know that i know that somebody helped me out the the way that i went from who i was to who i am you know before awakening i was on all kinds of prescription drugs i was deeply deeply depressed deeply mm-hmm. i was only eating fast food I was binge watching Netflix. I mean, the poster child for someone who should not, by society's definition, should not have experienced a spiritual awakening or spontaneous enlightenment or spontaneous kundalini, whatever you want to call it, they're all the same thing. Mm -hmm. Um, That's who I was before. Within 
like, was it what, like one year later, I was off of fast food. I was off of takeout food. I was off all my prescriptions. I canceled Netflix, Hulu, and all of that. I was reading books instead of watching TV. I mean, no social media. Like, mm-hmm. it was night and day. Something or someone had to have been carrying me through that. There's no way that in one year's time, I could have gone from that to this without outside help. Yeah. Period. Mm-hmm. And that's why, like, I'm okay with it. It sucks when somebody's experiencing extreme anxiety, extreme anger, because you can feel it. But I don't mind carrying someone else because somebody carried me as right. long as they're doing the work, too. But I don't think I would be connected to somebody who wasn't willing to do the work. Right. Right. Yeah. I mean, we all kind of help each other out in a lot right. of ways that we aren't even aware of at the time. Right. Okay. So, sorry for the abrupt change. I think we're going to wrap this up and end this episode. Yep. We're still getting a feel for everything, so bear with us. Hopefully the sound is a little better with S's this time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, uh, I kind of got a little aggressive with the ds the first time, apparently. <laughs> anyway, thank you for listening, everyone. To the Water Glow podcast. Uh, you can find us at podcast.waterglow.net. Uh, you can find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, uh, basically everywhere. And we love you. We love you.